This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So, um, first things first, I wanted to thank you guys as I announced last week on the air that I launched a merch store, and it's very well received. Um, I'm getting a lot of orders, and I'm really excited about it. So, thank you guys so much to those of you who have ordered. I've made a decision that I'm going to um, maybe on Mondays, I'm going to put out new merch Monday. And uh, I'll come up with some designs. And uh, if there's anything that you guys want personally, you can reach out to me and I will set up, you know, a personal design for you as it relates to what you want your shirt or hat or pants or sweatshirt or whatever you wanted to say. So uh, thanks again. That This is really fun. It's really cool. I, I, um, I'm glad I, I had this idea and I'm glad it's uh, coming to fruition. Um, I also wanted to thank you guys for last week listening to my episode about domestic abuse knows no gender. I got a good response from a lot of people and I was really touched by one story who a woman was telling me that her father was abused by her mother. Her mother had beaten up the father and, and the father didn't even cover himself up when uh, the mother was beating him. And when, when the daughter, you know, she reached out to me and she said, I wish my father was alive to, to hear what you're saying on this episode. Um, she told me that when she asked her dad why he never like covered up when she was beating him, his response was, because I love her. Not because I loved her, I love her. And uh, that really resonated with me all week because we're all stuck in this trauma bond when we're with somebody and we don't realize like, wow, like this is, I don't, I still love this person. Even though they're hurting me, I still love this person. So, um, yeah, guys, thanks so much for, you know, everything in the last week of, you know, what you guys are doing for me and your support. And I really appreciate it. And um, so this week I wanted to follow it up with another interview with a guy that I connected with on Instagram who, when he was starting to tell me his story, just so many things resonated with me. And I figured, you know what? When he and I get on the air, we're going to have so many similarities between us that if we have a lot of similarities, I think you guys are going to relate. So uh, check out this new episode. All right, everybody, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. So this is a follower of mine. His name is Christian. Christian has been following me for a while and we bonded on social media over 
our mutual hatred for our ex and our loves for the NFL. Um, unfortunately, dude, you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, um, but they're going to be good this year. I know that. But listen, dude, it's really cool to have you here because your story really resonates with me and uh, a lot of similarities. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dude, like, so I heard a little bit about your story, but um, I wanted to bring you on just so, you know, you could get this whole thing out there. Um, tell us a little bit about where you started. Uh, I know you have like kind of duly afflicted type situations. So where do you want to get started? You know, I'll just start in my youth when I was 19 years old. I met my wife right after high school. Um, that was my first experience in this arena. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was at a dance club downtown. I had recently gone through a breakup with my high school sweetheart. You know, you know how those can be, you know, mm -hmm. love of your life at the time, puppy love. So I met this, uh, I met this dance club and this woman is, I would call her an overt at the time, just flashy out there out on the dance floor, getting a lot of attention. And then she looks at me and she, you know, she, she motions for me to come over to her. And I was like, okay. So I start dancing with her and, you know, immediately she's telling me, oh, my, my ex-boyfriend is here and she's trying to make him jealous. Oh God. You know, I'm all, I'm all for that. And so I got her number that night, went home about a week later. I, I give her, I give her a call uh, and we'll go out on our first date. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're 19. We're, we're living with our parents at the time. So I mean, there wasn't too much to go on. I was dating other people. So was she, but after a while, after a couple of weeks, we kind of just started dating each other. Mm. And from the very get go, she was very, very sexual, trying to push the, the intimacy, that, that sort of thing. And I'm in Utah. So a typical Mormon boy still a virgin, you know, and I'm like, no, I, I really want to save myself for my wife. Okay. So, so we're, so months and months of that after a while, you know, I give in and we have sex for the first time. How, 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 how detailed, descriptive can I do? <laughs> I, not only detailed, but like that 10 year old kid, I use the pullout method. That's important later. <laughs> Let me, well, I'll tell you why later. Okay. Okay. So, so that happens. So about two weeks later, she calls me up and says, you know, can you meet me at the mall? So I go to the mall and she tells me, hey, I'm pregnant. And I just had this sinking feeling because I, how old was she? She, we were both 19 at the time. Wow. So I was like, I'm not in love with this girl, but wow, I'm, I'm kind of stuck here. So over the next couple of months, I would get these horrible phone calls from her, her mom basically saying, if you don't marry her, we will own you. You better do what's right. And oh my God. Yeah. And so we, uh, we planned a wedding for, a wedding for uh, August. So August is coming up. So how far in between when she was pregnant to the wedding? So that was about from March. She was 20 weeks, 20 weeks pregnant by the time the wedding was coming up. Wow. Yes. And that's important as well because 10 days before the wedding, she went into labor 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. So she gives me a call. It's a Sunday. I, I rush to the hospital and she ends up delivering the baby and we lose the baby. The baby, you know, wasn't viable at the time. Oh, I'm sorry. So yes, yeah, so it was really sad. It was really uh, you know, one of those sad situations during that time, during the time that we were dating, she had another friend, uh, another girlfriend. And she told me the story that her girlfriend was talking to her about getting pregnant by another man to trap her boyfriend into marrying her. So was she looking for advice? Well, as you, as you and I know with narcissists, they will tell a story about someone else when really they're talking about themselves. Dude, totally. There, there's this girl, we used to lay in bed, me and my necks, and uh, there was this girl that she had, really pretty girl, a friend of hers that was like consistently getting married in like short kind of spans. Like, 
Oh, wow. Two or three marriages. And she would always be like, look at this girl on her phone. And she'd be like, she's such a slime ball. And like, she's always getting married, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, fast forward to when I get out of the relationship, my next is engaged within like a couple of months. Right. And, and she's fucking like hanging out with that girl that she was battling. No. So, yeah, I mean, that's totally what they do is they totally foreshadow what they're going to do to you before they know. Absolutely. Right. But I mean, that I didn't discover that. I mean, we're talking two decades later. I figured that out, but it was crazy, you know, with that. But so, but being married to that, to my wife for those 18 years, we started, we basically had a honeymoon baby. She wanted to have another baby right away. And then over the next 10 years, we popped out six kids. Wow. So. So yeah, so six kids, I wanted a large family, so I wasn't against it, but over those 18 years, I was absolutely miserable. Yeah. Um, from after year one, basically my next wife cut off all intimacy whatsoever. I always tell people, yeah, I I have six kids. I had six, I had sex six times in that marriage. You know, it was just, yeah. You never, right. Never wanted to be intimate. I would go to kiss her. She would turn her head. Like it was just killing me slowly inside with uh, feeling like I was a piece of crap. Yeah. And you know, you know, too, like it was funny because I kind of think that's almost a learned behavior because my next's parents, her dad was super affectionate with her mom and her mom would always be like, ew, get away. Yeah. And, and like now I having the hindsight that I have, I look at her dad like that's what I would have been if I would have stayed in this room. Right? Oh, yeah. Just like an affectionless mess. Well, what drove me crazy with my marriage is her parents, even now, they're very, very affectionate towards each other. So I was like, what is wrong with you? And not only that, like her mom keeps a very, very clean house. So I worked, I was the only, I was the breadwinner. I would work two jobs or I was working a ton of overtime and she stayed home with the kids. Literally, I had maybe two or three days off a month from work. I was spending those days cleaning the house, getting caught up. I mean, she really did yeah. blamed on taking care of the kids, but I would look at other people in our neighborhood who had kids and their houses didn't look anything like ours. So it was really frustrating. Let me ask you this. Did your, did your next have any, um, like childhood trauma or anything like you that? Know what? That's very interesting. So it wasn't till it wasn't till she filed for divorce, you know, 18 years into our marriage that I don't know if you've heard of what the, the grand finale. So like a narcissist will have a grand finale where they'll basically, <laughs> their mask completely comes off and they'll sure. start horribly mean to you. They're telling you truths that were going to hurt you. And it took 18 years for my ex to tell me that she was actually raped as a teenager. There you go. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so the first year or two of our marriage, she, uh, she attacked me physically twice. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the the first, what the first um, problem was, but the second time I, I worked a construction job. I delivered pizzas that night and I came home and she'd asked me to get diapers and wipes for the babies. And I'd forgotten. And I was like, I'm sorry. And she literally turned on me and physically started attacking me. And at the time, so I'm, I am a police officer right now. I've been, you know, in law enforcement for 24 years. At the time I was testing for, for my first agency and she is attacking me and I grabbed her arms and I held her on the bed. And I said, we're not doing this. And our neighbors start, we're in an apartment. Our neighbors start yelling through the wall, you know, like we've called the cops. And I turned to her and I said, great. Like, I'm not going to get this job now you caused me not to get this job. And so mm-hmm. show up, nothing, there was no damage. There was no real, any, you know, bruising or anything. So they're just like, okay, like just keep it down. So they left. And that was, that was literally the last time she attacked me until, until the end of our marriage. But, you know, just going through the, that 20 years of marriage, 
you know, if she got sick, I was in there rubbing her back as she was throwing up in the toilet. If I got sick, she's screaming at me, shut that door. You're making me sick. I don't want to hear you throwing Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's very common. I've heard like narcissists get really pissed off when you are sick because oh, yeah. it kind of shines a light on the fact of their ineptness to take care. Oh, absolutely. At the time, I just thought she was like really sensitive to throwing up, but she was really just being mean, very mean, you know? Right. So, you know, we go through our marriage. I'm miserable. You know, there's little things here and there. I started a photography business. And, you know, at one point she said, you know, there's six other women on this street that have cameras. What makes you think you can be successful in your business? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I just, I, I, I'm doing, I was doing sports photography. And that's, I, like saying, that's like saying there's six other singers on this street. What makes you think your music is going to be any good? Because it's my fucking music. You know, right. the, you know, we have this narcissism podcast right, right. Like you exactly but it was funny so this photography business really took off and i was able to stop working overtime you know with my regular job and i'm making really good money and with this money i'm paying for christmases you know school supplies school clothes birthdays but you're i did providing. you're providing oh absolutely but the thing is i didn't let her have access to it and the reason why is because this woman would spend money like it was water. At one point, I had to put her on a budget because it got so bad. And then when I put her on a budget, she would literally take out credit cards and rack up two, three, four thousand dollars worth of debt. Dude, check this out. Oh my god, I love when I love when a guest tells a story that I relate to. Right, and I could tell a story on this podcast that I haven't thought about. But so I paid for our Amazon subscription. Okay, Amazon yep. Prime. I paid for it, and. What she would do is, without asking me, my credit card was linked to the Amazon account, and she would just rack things up, rack things up. So I came to her one day, and it was $800 for the month on Amazon. I'm like, listen, I don't have a problem with you buying things, especially if it's for the kids. But please, if it's $800 a month, just run it by me, please. Oh, and she's like, okay, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. She kept doing it. $800 a month, $800 a month. So eventually, you know what I did? I fucking took her off of the Amazon account. Because uh, we've had this conversation, we've had this argument. So, right. you know what she does? I take her off the Amazon account. She changes the Amazon password that I paid oh, for oh, no. to get me off of the account to catch me for her running up the bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Right? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> it's a very common theme. In fact, later on in the story, I'll, I'll be able to tie that into something else as well, but it's very common. So with the wife, so we're 18 years into our marriage. We're year 17. I say, I, I need you to get a job. I do. Like, I'm sick of working two jobs. I'm sick of doing all this. The kids are all in school. I need you to get a job. And she was yeah. there. 
very resentful, very mad that I that I asked her to get a job. So she starts working for um, an airline where she's actually able to work from home so she could be with the kids and and make some extra money. Well, the first summer she she says that her she's got like tendonitis in her wrist or arm because of all the typing. So I'm like, okay, yeah, take the summer off. You know, I'm doing really good with the, with the photography. Take a few months off so you get better. So, you know, that first summer goes by, you know, we get back into fall. She starts working again. Um, but she was really sporadic with her, with her working. Um, the next summer she starts working again, but I'm checking her checking account and her checks are literally like $60, $80. So I find out she's been giving away her shifts all summer long. <clears throat> and so we get in this, we're balancing checks. Like I need that extra, I need her money too, to be paying for everything. So we get in this huge fight and I'm like, why are you taking time off? What are you doing with all your time? And that was like the beginning. That was the beginning of the end for us. We had this huge fight that summer. So we get into like October and everything starts changing. She's using the silent treatment on me. She's dressing, also wearing sexy underwear. She's exercising for the first time, new perfumes. And she's basically like, we're laying in bed. She'll She's looking at her phone. She tells me, I'm going to go see a movie with my girlfriends at nine o'clock at night. She's jumping up to, to leave the bedroom. Wow. She's having an affair. Absolutely. And so, you know, we go through the the fall months there and it's it's really, we're fighting a lot. And and then she starts for the first time in our marriage. She says, I want a divorce. And she's like, we need a separation. You need to go live somewhere else. You know, this isn't going to work. Um, the only way it's going to work, I mean, they're just tricking the crap out of me, saying that. I need to, I need to leave the house, which I, I talked to an attorney. He said, you know, it's okay. As long as you're still paying for everything, you know, they can't really get you for abandonment, but just so manipulative wanting me to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have audio recordings of the last days that I was in the house before my next place, Mary's training order. And I'm just laying in bed. She comes up to me in the bedroom and goes, when are you leaving? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, you don't live here when we're going through a divorce. And I was like, all right, so let's just hypothetically say, I have no friends, I have no family, I have nowhere to live, and my name is on the home. Exactly. My name is on the mortgage. I just have to leave. Why? Because you're a woman? I go, I know lots of people who cohabitat in, during the divorce. Well, Not that I wanted to, I just was out of options. I had no choice. Right, right. So, I mean, really long story short, I ended up moving out and staying with somebody. My kids are messaging me all the time saying, mom's gone all the time, something's going on. You know, I've, I've started using my detective skills. She takes a trip for her birthday and, you know, on the airline that she works for, I hit up a friend that works for the same airline saying, you look at her boarding pass. And sure enough, she took another man. I come home on a Sunday. How did that feel when you saw that? Well, I, I kind of already knew it. You know, I already knew what was going on. I, I'd had months and months of figuring out, but it, it did make it a little more real. So I, I come home with on a Sunday, I bring my bag full of stuff and I throw it on the bed. She's in the tub. And she starts yelling at me, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And she starts yelling slash singing at the top of her lungs, ugly kid, Joe, I hate everything about you. I love that song. Right. So just screaming at me in the top. So she gets out, you know, I'm, I'm walking around following her, following her into the closet. I'm crying. I'm like, please don't throw our marriage away. Whoever this man is, he's not worth it. You know, she screams at me to get out of the closet. So I raise my hands, I back out. Oh, and I had my mom on the phone listening. So I was trying to cover my cover my bases that way. Mm-hmm. So she comes out into the in the bedroom and she drops her towel. So she's standing there naked and she starts rubbing her body and she goes, there hasn't been one man, there's been eight and they've all made me feel amazing. So I can kind of hear my kids out listening, you know, all pressed up against the door. So, and this is my fault. I probably shouldn't have said this, but my like, kids, did you hear that? 
So she reels back and she just punches me as hard as she can in the face. Wow. So I say to my mom, mom, she just hit me. I'm, I'm hanging up with you. I'm calling the police. So, and her face just, just went white. So I call the cops, cops come out there. there the mark wasn't, there was really no mark. It wasn't significant enough for them to charge her, but they asked her to leave the house. So for the first time in months, I'm in my house and she's gone. So about three hours later, she shows up, asks me to leave the house saying, we will work on our marriage. We, we just can't be together. We're too volatile. You know, will you please just leave the house? And I was like, oh my, my big, stupid, dumb, bleeding heart. I was like, okay, like as long as we're working this out. So I got a hotel for the week. At the end of that week, Friday night, I get a call from the local PD for that city and they say they need to meet with me. So I meet with them and they're like, you know, we're serving with you with a protection order. And uh, serving you? Serving me with a protection order. Against you? Against me. Against me. So I'm dying. Fucking odd. And even the cop said, he's like, this is crap. And on it, it literally says, there was one night that she got up to go to a movie and I got in my car and followed her. And she was, you know, freaking out and yelling at me. And then we ended up, ended up both driving home. And then they, she brought up that in the protection order. And then the other thing she brought up was the fact that I blocked her exit from the closet. And I'm, I never, I never laid a hand on the woman. But and now, you called the cops to say she yes, absolutely. What the fuck? Right. So she got the protection order on me. So I ended up, I flew to Florida to be with my parents for a week, kind of you know gather my senses, figure out what was going on. And I call a buddy that's been to a really bad divorce, and uh, one old sergeant of mine. So I call him, and the very first thing he says to me, he's like, he's like, Christian, you need to check your your credit score, check your credit, see what's been going on with that. And I'm like, okay. So I get on one of the the websites. We're we're into February at this point, okay. She had stopped paying on the mortgage in August. So she'd been keeping my checks, putting all thousands of dollars aside for herself. And she didn't pay any bills, really. And so for the for six or seven months, she was putting two or three grand away for herself, you know, making a nice, nice little nest egg behind my back. And we can't even begin to to make heads or tails of what did you think was going to happen if you're not paying the mortgage? Right. Exactly. I I freaked out. I had I was like, oh my gosh we're delinquent six or seven months. I had no idea. And so I fly back, you know, we have our court hearing, they dropped the protection order and we started the divorce proceedings. You know, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but I mean, long story short, you know, she started comparing me to her new boyfriend who was married at the time. You know, she was seeing this married man. She ended up getting married to him. He left his wife eventually, um, you know, but she was telling me how great he is, how wonderful he is. You know, she's... I, She's idealizing him. She's devaluing me and just, just, you know, we, we get into this, this, we're having this discussion one day and as we're going through our divorce and she says to me, well, that's, this is another thing. So narcissists will always Uber usually back to their last boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So during that last year of our marriage, she had reached out to her high school boyfriend, this stalking jerk that, that made her life hell in high school. She's all of a sudden talking to him. And I'm like, why are you talking to this guy? And so she tells me. So we're, we're going through our divorce and she tells me, oh yeah, I was, I was talking to my high school boyfriend and he reminded me that him and I hooked up while you and I were dating. And I go, what? And she goes, yeah. She goes, he thinks it was around February. I thought it was more around January or, or December. And at the time it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I was just, it was just hurt. Like, why would you, why would you cheat on me? But, you know, looking back, I started, you know, I learned about narcissism just this year, um, but learning that they tell stories about you know, stuff that they're doing about other people. The story about her friend trying to trap her boyfriend into getting married all of a sudden resonated with me. She, my, the first baby that I had that died, I guarantee is not mine. You know what? You know what it is? 
it, it, there's one word for it all, and it's just control. They yep. want control of the X. They want control of you. They want control of everybody's emotions around them. And she knows by giving you this information what that does to you oh, internally. Oh, so like that's why she's she's just like you said, I idealizing everybody else and devaluing you. Oh, right, fuck, man. Right. So I'm. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's it's a tough thing. But you know, I her and I don't communicate very much, and there's some weird things. Like she, I told her like, seems like a good communicator to me. Right. <laughs> well, she tells me she goes, she goes. I, I I told her I don't ever want to talk to you again. And she says to me, she goes. Well, you'll have to see me at birthdays. You'll have to see me at weddings. You'll like she wanted good control. Yes, but back then I was like, why does this woman want to see me? But it didn't make sense. I mean, now it does. Obviously, I know she wants to have that control. Absolutely. Um, you know, when she got married, she showed up. You know, she's picking up my youngest, and my youngest comes back upstairs. She's like, Dad, Mom wants to talk to you. So I go downstairs. She's like, Well, I just wanted to tell you that that me and my me and so and so got married this weekend. And I'm looking at her. I said, Why did you feel the need to tell me? That's none of my business. Right. And, but she wanted to get that reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It makes sense that And that's, and that's why, you know, like I've never been good at it, but that's why everybody says like to gray rock, but like, yes. Oh, it's so to hard. Me, to me, it's gray rocking to me is super hard and, and it's always a work in progress. You know, like I remember hearing about gray rock in the early days and it was like, I, there's no way I can do this. But like right. now it's not even like I gray rock. It's just like, I don't fucking talk to them. I, I literally will keep a mile's distance Absolutely. just so I don't give any reaction. And that's how I am, especially with my ex-wife. You know, I just, if I go to a party, I stay completely away from her. Yeah. I mean, now, but that's, that's with the new knowledge that I have about what she is. Yeah. So all very interesting. But, you know, I really want to dive into the girlfriend because that's where I really, I mean. So you have two? <laughs> yeah. So they say, you know, they say narcissism's on a spectrum. My ex-wife's kind of on the lower end of the spectrum. The woman I just spent the last four years with, she doesn't seem like it to me. She's no wait. So the the girlfriend is on the tip top. Like she's very, very disturbed. So, you know, I, I'd been divorced like I think two years at the time. I was on all the dating apps. Uh, I was dating a ton of women at the time, kind of making up for lost time of yeah. marriage. Yeah. And I come across this woman, absolutely gorgeous, from the east side, lot, you know, lots very wealthy. Um, she was married to a man that was very wealthy as well. She had a very great lifestyle. They own this huge house in the neighboring city. And I was like, what, what does this woman see in me? Like, I'm just a cop. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this gorgeous, beautiful woman who's very well off is into this cop. Like it made me feel really good about myself. Mm -hmm. So, and she pursued me harder than I'd ever been pursued by anyone. Just, I mean, she wanted, she wanted to, to stand out from the other women I was dating at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she was a school teacher. She was teaching third grade. She's just, she was just adorable. She really was. And she was going through her divorce at the time and her and her husband were nesting. So what that is is where the kids stay at the house and then they got an apartment and then week on and week off the, the husband and her would switch so the kids could stay at the house and have some, you know, stability. Mm -hmm. And so it really, worked out really well for them. But within two weeks, she was living. Wow, that sounds like the most fucking amicable divorce. I can imagine. I thought like you, right? you just said that and I, and I sit back and I go, why didn't I do that? Oh, because I married a fucking narcissist. Like, right. So, like, that's somebody who goes, oh, like, I want to make sure you're taken care of. I'm taken care of. We don't love each other anymore, but like, let's do what's best for us and for the kids. Wow. What a fucking holy shit. Anyway, go, go ahead. I'm no, no. But it's, it's surprising that they did that. But looking back now, I think she did it because she could get out for a week and date whoever she wanted to without yeah. being, 
having to take care of kids, do nothing. Which is wonderful. As long right. as you have an understanding guy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when, when her actually first met, we were talking and I canceled three times on her dates. Mm-hmm. And, and so she, she reaches out to me and she goes, listen, she goes, I'm, I'm teaching. We have, we're having a civic week at work or, you know, in my class, will you come, come as a, as a police officer and talk to the kids? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking, okay, it's, there's no, you know, it's, it's, it's low risk. I don't have to feel weird about this beautiful woman, you know, wanting to talk to me. So I go in, talk to her class and. Strangely enough, I talked to the class about bullying because I, I, I dislike bullies very much. Right. And so I talked to her class about bullying. I grabbed her arm to get her attention at one point. And later on, she tells me, did you, did you feel a zing when you grabbed my arm? And I was like, I didn't, but I was going, I went along with it. I'm like, oh yeah. She's like, you zinged me when you touched me that first time. She was like nothing else. So oh my God. So we, you know, I get done talking to the class. I leave, we go out and. We go out to the, the parking lot. She gives me a hug and I say, Hey, I'll talk to you later. So, you know, give her a call a little later. And that's when we started dating. Like I said, so she, she's doing this nesting thing. And within two weeks, she's living with me. No. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so nobody, nobody is nicer than a narcissist. 1000%. Every time I see that, that meme, I laugh. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. There's, She's sleeping on a, mat- a mattress on the floor in her a crappy apartment. So she comes to live with me in my townhouse that I'm renting. Better and, situation for her. Yes. Oh, exactly. Here comes the love, love bombing. Oh, 100%. So I am literally having the best sex of my life. Oh, I, I, I mean, that, that's what I mean by the love bombing. Of yes. course. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, because you gave her a place to stay and she feel like, what's she going to do? She's not going to pay up? Like, well, that's, that's her payment. Oh, as absolutely. But like, oh, look how this, this decision for me to live with you paid off. Right. Fuck it and shoot me. No, just constant sex. Like even the nights that she would go back to her house and stay there, she'd get her kids all tucked in and come back over 11 o'clock and, and just rocking my world. So that went on for a couple months. So during that time though, so this is triangulation at the time. So she is constantly telling me Hey, I, I might have to go back to my ex-husband. I, I don't know what, what's going on with this divorce. You know, trying to make me jealous, trying to make make her seem like she's more valuable or more, more like I don't want to lose her. Like like her ex like her ex-husband wants to have her back? Oh, and he did. He absolutely did. Uh, but she kept telling me I might have to go back to him. And me, having been married for the same amount of time she was, I just kept saying, Hey, I don't want to break up a 20-year marriage. If you need to go back to him, go back to him. Well, because see, the thing is that they have to they, they have to tiptoe very carefully to not eliminate that supply, especially if that guy wants to get back with her yes. and your supply. So she's got, to, she's got to play the, the fence very carefully. Yes, she is. And at the same time, making me, trying to make me jealous, trying to make me feel like I'm losing something valuable. And I literally just like, go, go back to it. Like I was, I've been dating all these other women. I'll just start dating them. Um, but at the time I actually did start dating again because she had me at the point where I was like, I don't know if she's going to go back to her ex-husband or not. I'm going to start dating. Yes. She found out and got really upset. And I was like, you're not divorced yet. You keep telling me you're going to go back to your ex-husband. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to keep dating. Yeah. So, um, so we're getting, we're getting into, like I said, we met in August, we're getting into December and she's, she's finally finalizing her divorce. You know, oh, let me go back a little bit. So we've been dating like three or four weeks, about a month. And so we go to Walmart and it's late at night. It's like nine 30, 10 o'clock. And so we leave, we leave and we go sit in that parking lot. And we're, we're sitting in this parking lot late at night and we start talking about our childhood troubles. 
the first time I remember. She she told me about how abusive her ex-husband was, you know, told me a couple stories there. Um, and then she shared with me that she had been sexually molested her entire childhood by her grandfather, mm-hmm. which is, it's really heartbreaking. It really is. Even to this day, I, I just, I struggle thinking about her going through that. You know, and she tells me how she always, she never felt like she fit in anywhere, how she's always been the black sheep of her family. And, you know, I share with her, you know, I was, I was severely bullied my eighth grade year and it really set in some depression for me. And, you know, I've had a few, a couple of failed relationships. And I told her, you know, everybody leaves me, you know, and I'm adopted. So I have a lot of, and I told her I have, I have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I shared that with her as well. Makes sense to why you get in these messes, man. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. But, you know, that's where I started sharing some of my, my trauma that she would later use against me. So, you know, like I said, we're, so we're dating, we're into December and, uh, so Christmas Eve, so her, her, her divorce gets, the divorce gets finalized December 17th. She's having a, a Christmas Eve party at her parents' house and, oh, her mom passed away at an early age too. She was, her mom battled brain cancer for 10 years. So that was really hard on her as well. And, you know, she told me all about how she was her mom's caregiver. And so she, uh, so we go to her dad's house. Her dad was remarried. You know, I asked him like, I, can we, can me and my kids go to this, this gingerbread party? And she's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, hey, listen, like, I really want to be with someone that wants to include me in their family stuff. So she's like, okay, you can come. She was kind of hesitant. And looking back, like, her divorce was just final. I shouldn't have pushed to go to this party with her. I'd met her older kids. I had a better go with the kids. Either. But you care about her. And you want I to do what's important to her. I mean, it's, you know, it's not bad. It's just, you know, you don't want to push the envelope too hard. Right. And looking back, I, I probably pushed a little too quick, but it's okay. So we go to this party. We make gingerbread houses. Her, her younger kids are kind of sad. I can see it. I'm like, crap. So we go our separate ways. We, I go home to my place and she goes home to drop the kids off at, at their dad's house. So she, so, she, so Christmas Eve, she shows up to my house at like 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and she knocks on the door and she's, she's crying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? She goes, so I, I dropped the kids off and my ex-husband wanted to talk to me in the garage. He started yelling and screaming at me that he, I took you to this party and he pushed me over, uh, a snow plow on the four wheeler and she pulls up her pants and she's got this small cut on her leg. And she's like, he pushed me over this. And she goes, can I stay with you? And I had been dealing with drama between her and her ex-husband for months at this point. It's my first Christmas Eve with my kids in my place. And I'm like, I really don't want you bringing your drama into my house on Christmas Eve. Right. You're right. So I turned her away. Okay. So I heard about that for the next four years of our relationship. Oh my God. But yeah, so that, that story, that story stands out and it's important later. So, so January 1st, we decide, okay, let's, let's make this official. We're going to start off the new year together. We immediately start posting pictures. Things were amazing from that point on for the, for the next four or five months. Just amazing. We're talking about marriage, getting married in Fiji. I mean, like I said, her husband was very wealthy and he uh, had to buy her out of his house. So she had a, a lump sum of money that basically she could go out and buy cash, spend cash and buy a house. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at houses together for months, talking about moving in together, looking at, you know, how we can make the bedrooms that work for the kids. So she finds a house in the same city that I live in. And that week that she's getting ready to move in, she says, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. So I show up at her. I can't remember where we were, but I show up and she goes, I need to tell you, I don't want to get married. I don't want to blend families and I don't ever want to live together. And I was like, what are you talking about? We've been talking about marriage for the last four months, like, what do you mean you don't want to get married? He goes, I don't want to get married. I said, what do you, 
why would you tell me you wanted to go to Fiji and get married if you really did it? And she looks at me and she goes, well, I just wanted to win. And I go, what? I go, you wanted to win? And she, and she almost covered her mouth like she didn't mean to say it out loud. And I said, what the hell do you mean you wanted to win? And she goes, well, you were dating all those other women. And, and I said, so you wanted to win me away from all the other women? And she just kind of looked at me. I ended up leaving. I was pissed off. We fought for a good week. Like, I didn't see her for a week. I was pissed. I didn't help her move, in, move into her house. You know, and she had movers anyways. But I was mad. That was the first time I kind of really saw the, the mask drawn. Because you want to know why? You want to know why? In my Excuse opinion, me. this is whatever. But uh, so she was gaining some stability. Oh, yeah. Gaining some stability. And she was moving into her own house. Some of her bullshit that was going on when you guys met was getting resolved. And you kind of served your purpose for that time period. And now that she has this stability, she can kind of push you away. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so we we kind of mend things up. And she's like, listen, I really care about you. I love you. I just don't want to get married. Like, I just got out of this marriage. You know, it was horrible. And like, I bought it. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm like... She's like, maybe down the road, I'll change my mind. But right as of right now, I really don't want to get married. I'm like, okay. So when we first started dating, you know, she told me, she's like, I've got all these guy friends and they're very important to me. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I had a cheating spouse. So I was a little uneasy about it. Mm -hmm. And he is like, I had all these girlfriends, you know, that I was friends with. And she immediately started telling me, you can't be friends with them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why can you be friends with your guy friends when I can't be friends with these girlfriends? And she's like, well, most of those women you've slept with. And I'm like, so? Like some of them I've known since high school. So there's a woman I dated that I went to high school with. I'm like, we've been friends forever. Yeah. And she's like, no. She goes, you cannot be friends with any of those women. So I was slowly starting to, you know. So had she slept with some of the guys that? No. She, according to her, no. So she told me there was only one guy that she slept with after her separation from her husband. Um, in fact, he, her, her and this guy went to coffee while she was still married. And then that was kind of the catalyst for her to go home and say, I've, I felt something I've never felt before with this guy. I want a divorce. And, you know, she told me all about how horrible her husband was, how he kept money from her, all these sort of things. So I'm, I'm slowly getting rid of friends. You know, we, we get into the fall of our first relationship and she's, she's telling me you're too jealous. I can't deal with your jealousy. And, you know, she's like, you need to get therapy for how jealous you are. I'm like, but you're making me jealous. You've got all these guys you're talking to. But she would say to me, you know, my ex-husband wouldn't get therapy. And that was one of the reasons we got divorced. So, of course, I'm like, well, she she ended a 20-year marriage. I'm not going to, I'm not yeah. going to, I don't want to, you know, I better go get some therapy. So, I don't, she's not going to, she's going to leave the boyfriend of a year. So, I said, how is she not seeing the double standard that she's creating? Oh, so, check this out. So, we go to this, there's a, there's a furniture store here in town. We go, we go to this furniture store and I, I, I get there first. I'm there with my boys and I'm looking at couches. Um. You know, I, I finally, I bought my town, I bought a townhouse. I was super excited to move in and she shows up at this, at this furniture store and the, the sales ladies being a little flirty with me, but you know, it's, you know, it's how they make their sales. She walks in and this woman's kind of like leaning over me and her eyes, you know, you could see that she was pissed. So we, we get done, we're, we're talking about this couch and we, as we start to leave, we get through the first of the double doors and she turns to me and she goes, I forbid you from buying a couch from this. Oh my God, shut the fuck. Oh yeah. And I was like, what? So we get into the parking lot and I said, I said, you're talking about me being jealous. What about you? What about, what is this? And she looks at me and she says, I was never jealous until this relationship. You made me jealous. 
all these women you have, all these women you were dating, you made me jealous. And that is a continuing theme I've heard for the next four years of our relationship. Okay, so going back to the couch story, right? Yeah, you said the saleswoman was flirting with you a little bit. Sure. I just realizes that. And then that couch, if you buy it, becomes a symbol to her of how how easy it is for you to be persuaded out of her control. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, so I ended up buying, I ended up going to this other expensive, more expensive place and buying my buying my couch. So you know, something else I want to touch on really quick. So during my relationship with her from the very get-go, um, my youngest son, so I, I had a, a son living with me full-time. Um, and then I had this, my youngest son, who's basically came over every other weekend and, you know, stayed with his mom quite a bit. So, but the weekends he would come over to my house were the weekends she was kid free and, you know, it was supposed to be my time spending with her. So within, within the first month or so, she started telling me, your youngest son is rude to me when you leave the room. And I was like, what? He, she's like, he's rude to me. He says rude things. So I start talking to him and he's like, dad, I, I promise I'm not. And I'm thinking, why would she lie? You know, I'm like, she's the adult. Why would she lie? So fast forward, you know, a year and a half, I get into my, I buy my townhouse and I'm super excited. My boys are finally going to have their own rooms. And my youngest comes, comes over that weekend. Well, Friday night, currently had this big, long talk and she straight up tells me, I, I can't be with you anymore. I'm breaking up with you. And she goes, I can't be with somebody whose kids are so blatantly rude to me and you're not doing anything about it. What does she claim they were doing? So was, my youngest, she was saying just, just that he was being rude about everything. Like she was working on her master's degree at the time. And this, my son's, my son was like 10 at the time. And she told me that he had said to her, you know, she was talking about her master's degree and he said, well, it's just an education. So it doesn't count. Okay. That is way too adult or mature for a 10 year old to be saying to, to an adult. Like looking back, some of the stuff she told me, my 10 year old was not saying to her. But, you know, so she, she breaks up with me. I come home, I yell at my kids. I'm furious. Like you guys are ruining my relationship. And, you know, my son ends up, ends up calling his mom. He, he goes home and it's funny. I call her up that, that was Saturday morning and I call her up and I was like, I yelled at, I feel horrible. I shouldn't have done that. And it was like, all of a sudden was, everything was fixed. She's like, well, why don't you come over and we'll talk about it. And then we were back together again. Yeah. But it's, it's, and it's funny. I'm so, and called and bad life for it. And plus she wanted, she wanted. So I was, I watched a video later on, on narcissism where the self-aware narcissist, you know, in her video says, we hate your kids. So anything we can do, if your kids are taking time away from us with you, we will do anything we can possible to ruin that relationship. And I'm watching this video and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's again, yeah. that happened with my son. So I feel bad, you know, me and him are still trying to mend things up, but you know, that was looking back. I'm just like, that was one of the things that just, just eats at me that she did. So anyways, I get into my, my townhouse. So from this point forward, she is breaking up with me. We're fighting every other weekend. So the weekends she has her kids that I'm working, we're, we're fighting and she's breaking up with me. And it got to the point where I was just like, Hey, spend time with your kids. I don't want to fight with you. And, you know, she wanted to fight, you know, and I'll go through this really, but I mean, there's some weird stuff going on. She, I worked 40 miles away. My, my police department's 40 miles away. She would, we would get in a fight. She would drive 40 miles to collect her key in the middle of the night on the graveyard shift. I want my key back. I'm like, okay, I'll drop it off in the morning. Nope. I want it right now. So she would drive 40 miles. She would sit in this police parking lot and she would text me. If you don't get out here right now, I will raise the scene. And I'm thinking it's a lot. Like we'll arrest you, right? 
So yeah. I'd break her key after the second time doing that. I just, I said, keep your key. I don't want your key. Like, like this is just, this is just too much. Yeah. You know, I, my, my cousin owns a bar here in town. I started well, during one of our breakups. I started working there as the bouncer. She found out and got furious. So she drives over because there. there's other women there. Exactly. No, exactly. She drives oh up there. God. She looks in front of the, of the, of the doors of this place and start blaring on her horn. So I go out there and she's yelling at me. She's like, you better quit this job. You're such a hypocrite. You said, you know, you wouldn't want me working somewhere like this. I'm like, you broke up with me. Like, what is going on here? And, she, you know, I kept saying, I got to get back in. She was, if you go in there, I will follow you in there. I will raise a seat in that restaurant, in that bar. And I was like, oh my hell, this woman. <laughs> so, you know, so she, yeah, she's, so, so she's all over the place. So, you know, so we're breaking up left and right. So during this time, I'm at her house one night and she's, we're in her, we're standing in her kitchen and she goes to show me something like a picture on her phone. And all of a sudden this text comes through and it's from a guy and it's, I recognize the name. It's this guy that she was talking to. That's actually her ex-husband's really good high school, like childhood friend. Okay. But, but the text was very sexual in, in content. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell was that? And she's like, what? I said, why did he just text you that? So, you know, she's getting this, this pale ghost face. You know, she has this look on her face like, oh shit. So she, I said, I want to see all those texts. So she shows me the text. And it's just weeks worth of him coming on to her saying, say he wants to have sex with her, all this stuff. And I am like, if a woman was texting me this, you would freak out. She's like, no, you don't understand. It's just how he is. Like my ex-husband never cared. I'm like, well, I'm not your ex-husband and this is crap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and I watched her, like she texted the guy. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, like this is affecting my relationship. You and I can't have any more communication. And so I, I was pissed, but I was like, okay, like, thank you for doing that. Like, this is ridiculous. So, you know, about six months later, and by this time, we'd been dating like two or three years at the time, but like, she was getting really, my spidey senses were tingling. I'm like, something's going on. She's oh like, right? So I was sleeping in her house that night and I decided to get on her phone. So I, I, and like, that's not, honestly, that's not to me anyway. I don't know what the listeners are going to think. But like, to me, that's not an invasion of privacy. Because, like, you decide to get on her phone with good goddamn reason, given the history, right? right. Like, that's not an invasion of privacy. You're like, let me see what else is going on. Right. And like, in, in this case, it's okay. Right. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't. And I probably shouldn't walk. But at the time, I was like, well, you don't want it. You don't want it. And the things that you're looking for, you don't really want to walk. Right. I mean, and the thing is, we had each other's passwords. It wasn't like we didn't trust each other to get on each other's phones. So, you know, I get on her phone and... I'm sitting there in the bathroom going through her texts and sure enough, she started texting this guy again. He's back to his old things, you know, very sexual and content. I thought that as soon as you were telling that story. Yeah. She's not responding, but she's being very nice to him. No, no, no. She's responding. She's deleting the response. And it's, you know what? I, I've had so many people tell me that. And I, I have to agree because looking at the, the texts, like no man is going to keep texting a woman, all the sexual content he was without getting some, something back. Yeah, right. You know, and she sent him a picture of her. She was fully dressed, but she was interviewing for a job. She looks really nice. She's like, "How do I look?" And of course, he's like going off about how great she looks. Anyway, so I'm reading this crap. My heart sinks. So I put her phone back. I go back to bed, and the next morning we wake up and we're talking. And I said, "Hey, so when's the last time you talked to so and so?" And she gets this look on her face, and I said, "When's the last time you talked to him?" And I said, "I know." I said, I went to your phone last night. And she's like, 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so sorry. I said, I said I'm done. I'm done with you. Like this guy. Mm-hmm. So that was the fir- that was the first and only time I broke up with her. So she started sending me some of the most weird text messages I've ever. In fact, I saved them. I I I saved them to this day because they were so weird. She was all over the place. I don't know if you call it word salad, but she was just like, I'm. I'm spiraling. I don't want to lose you. I love you so much. Like, I'm so sorry. I'll never talk to another man as long as I live. But just some weird, weird stuff that I actually, like I said, I saved that text to put it in my notes because it was was so odd. Because when the spell is broken on you from her, when the spell is broken, I love how you use the word spiraling. They spiral. They spiral out of control trying to figure out what it's going to take to suck you back in. And your spell is broken. You're keen to the bullshit now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, so we, 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 you know, this is like three years into our marriage relationship. So we date, so we, we get into December and, you know, there's something that she wanted me to do. I was, I was finishing my basement and the contractor was ripping me off. He hadn't, he hadn't showed up with the, with the cabinets for a number of months. And she kept telling me, you need to do this. You need to do this. So I ended up doing exactly what she told me to do. And he gets back to me and he basically is like, Hey, what you did is basically defamation of character and blackmail. And I was like, oh crap. Like he's he's right. You know, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have threatened him like that. And so I reached out to her and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did exactly what you said, and this is what happened. And she says to me, That's your fault for listening to me. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm like, no, like you're not gonna apologize. You're not gonna say, I'm sorry, I gave you bad advice. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I told you to do that. She's like, no. She's like, you're a grown man, you could do whatever you want. That's your fault for listening to me. Jesus so, Christ. Anyway, so we end up we end up breaking up off and on. That's when it got really bad. Well, I said to her, I'm like, I- I'm not going to go to your, I'm not going to your family party, your Christmas parties, unless you apologize. So I put my foot down. I, I had I put some boundaries down. So anyway, she ended up breaking up with me. We be- um, we broke up for like a month and a half. Uh, we we get back together in February, right around my birthday, and but then the next. From February till October, it's just a matter of we're breaking up every other weekend. You know, she's acting, she's being a lot more harsh. You know, I go to her house and she'll look at me and she goes, you know what? I've got five days off a month where I'm not working and I don't want to spend all of them with you. And I'm like, so how many nights a month do you want to see me? I'm like, I'm thinking this woman wanted to spend every waking moment with me when we were first dating. Like what Mm -hmm. is on here? Mm -hmm. And she, she, you know, I would, I was doing my own thing. I was taking my kids and my grandkids to, uh, you know, sporting events. And she'd be like, I don't trust you. You're, you know, you're cheating on me. You know, she's projecting at this point. And I had to actually like take selfies with me and my grandson be like, we're at a, we're at a football game, you know? And I'll bet you a hundred bucks. I'll bet you a hundred bucks. She goes, I don't need those text messages. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, she did. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh, mine did the same thing. Mine did the oh, same yeah. thing. Yep. So we get into, I'm a, I know we're running out of time here. I want to get through this. So in October, we have a final breakup and she'd been like, she'd been trying to break up with me for months at this point. And we always kept getting back together. So in October, we, we had this final breakup and she's like, I don't want to see you. You know, don't come to my house. So she makes it pretty final. So about two and a half weeks after the breakup, I start getting the grand finale from her. She starts sending me some of the most horrible text messages and then emails. Cause I blocked her texts that I've ever gotten telling me what a piece of crap I am, how her family always said she could do better than me telling me there's a reason why everyone always leaves you saying to me, wow. saying to me, I, you know what, she was, you know, what's funny. I do want to get married. I just didn't want to get married to you. You have so many holes in your life. I, no one's ever going to want to marry you. So wow. 
I am just heartbroken. Here's this woman that I doted on and obsessed about. And I mean, she even told me during what you worshiped me and I don't want someone that worships me. I want someone who's an equal partner. I like, I did. I worship this woman. I absolutely adored her. So Halloween night, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I need to go to the gym. I'm a gym guy. I go to the gym. It's like 930 at night. Okay. She shows up to the gym. She's Halloween night. And she shows up to the gym late. She never, she doesn't work out late at night. And I, I, I kind of skipped over this, but she, we would get in fights and I'd go to a restaurant and she would show up at the restaurant. I'm like, how in the world did you know I was here? And she's like, well, I just, you always come here. Looking back, I honestly think she had something on my phone where she was tracking me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was too many, too many weird things throughout our relationship that, that would say that she wasn't tracking me. Anyway, so she shows up to the gym Halloween night. We start talking and I'm like, this is stupid. Let's get back together. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, I've already met someone. And I was like, what? It's been two, two weeks. She's like, well, I, I started dating immediately. I met him and I want to see where it goes. And I was just heartbroken. So I leave the gym. I go home. You know, she follows me to my house. And I'm like, you, you said I was the love of your life. And she's like, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> right. And she's like, no, she's that actually was my ex-husband. I'm like, your abusive ex-husband is the love of your life? So I, I go into no contact, not knowing that no contact is something you do with narcissists, but basically because I'd, I'd watch some relationship experts saying, you don't beg, you don't plead, you just go into no contact, and they'll try and fight for you back. How yeah. did you come across narcissism? Okay, so yeah, so I'm gonna get there right now. So anyway, so for the next few months, she starts doing some weird crap. And to be honest, like she told me throughout our relationship, oh, my ex-husband calls me and calls me a narcissist. And she used to say, me and my dad are on the spectrum, like the autism spectrum, because we, mm -hmm. we're kind of weird with our emotions. And so all these weird things. So she, for the next two months, she's acting weird. She's hoovering. She's sending me all these messages through my email at this point, because I blocked her on text. But one minute she's hot, the next minute she's cold. Next minute, you know, she's saying we need to talk. And then she's telling me what a piece of crap I am. So I'm seeing a therapist at the time. And the therapist is like, this is really weird. And so we get into December and I've been off social media for a couple months. I was, you know, I was really sad. I was trying to regain my, I was trying to recenter myself. So it was like the first week of December, I get back on social media and I post a picture of myself and I'm saying, you know, I got my beard trimmed. I was feeling good about myself. Well, she's down in Vegas with her kids and she calls me and she starts yelling at me. You're posting pictures. You're such a player. What your new post? What the hell are you trying to do? Now, mind you, I blocked her on social media years before this. Like, cause she used to, if women made comments or, or liked one of my pictures, she would harass them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why do you care? We're broke up. You're dating someone at this point. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. And so she's mad at me for posting this picture. So I, I talked to two of my girlfriends and I tell them what's going on. And they're like, we'll give her something. We'll give her something you're mad about. So they make 40 comments on that picture. Nice. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So <laughs> that's my level of petty, brother. Right? No, absolutely. <laughs> so within 24 hours, she sent these women harassing messages Good. that I saved. You know, I saved them on my phone. So I'm like, what is going on? I'm so confused. So anyways, I start talking to my therapist and my therapist is like, you know, this sounds like borderline personality disorder. You know, the hot and cold, the back and forth, her breaking up with you over and over again. So I end up talking to the girl girlfriends one night and I'm like, honey, I think you have a disorder. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, I think you have a disorder. She's like, well, tell me. And I said, no, you have to figure it out for yourself. So for 10 minutes, we go back and forth. Her basically saying, tell me. I said, no. And I said, finally, I said, okay, honey, I think you have what they call borderline personality disorder. So you can hear her on her phone. She's typing away, looking it up. And she goes, no, she goes, she goes, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of doesn't fit. So she goes, she says to me, she goes, I thought you were going to say something else. And I was like, mm-hmm. what I was going to say? She goes, I thought you were going to say narcissism. And I'm like, why would I say narcissism? Yeah, I had no idea at the time. So I'm laying in bed one night and I'm thinking, what was she? She's like, she talked about narcissism a lot. So I start looking at it and I'm like, okay, wow. So I get online, I get on YouTube and there's this woman named Lisa Romano. I don't know if you've yeah, seen Of course, of course. I'm watching Lisa's video and she starts talking about basically the grand finale. She goes, after you break up with them, they will send you some of the most vile, horrible, demeaning text messages and emails. Mm-hmm. And that was my moment where the walls closed in and I was like, oh my God. And so <laughs> I have been to the world of narcissism. I'm looking at the jealousy, the gaslighting, the, the blame shifting. We would have conversations with her and her kids. If me or her kids proved that she was wrong about something, she would change the story so she was right. And I was like, oh my God. Well, so the reason, the reason she probably thought you would have narcissism is because you said that, you said that she said that her ex-husband had called her a narcissist. Okay, yes. So, but I mean, she's not denying it, is she? No, no. So I'm gonna, I know we're running out of time, but I'm gonna be real quick here. This part's really important. So for the next two weeks after I find about narcissism, I start reaching out to people in her past. She told me a story about one of her friend's husbands hitting on her and sending her messages and then sending him, her a video of himself being kind of lewd. So I reach out to this friend and I said, hey, I know something happened. And this, this friend is actually her ex-husband's neighbor still. So I reach out to the friend and she's like, can you call me? I don't want this to be on text. I'm like, sure. So I call her. So for, the, so for a half hour, she tells me, yeah, my husband came clean. Her and your girlfriend were, were having this relationship, texting each other, being in a yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she goes, she goes, it wasn't just my husband. Like she was sending him videos and, and pictures of herself, nude. Yeah. I'm freaking out. So, and then for the next hour and a half, the neighbor tells me, she goes, she goes, Christian, did you notice she doesn't have any friends? And I was like, what? Because she, the next used to tell me all the time, you don't have any friends because you're not a good friend. Well, right. Yeah. So she tells me, and then she, then the friend says to me, Christian, do you notice she doesn't have a sense of self? And I stopped and I said, I said, you know, don't you? And she got, she got quiet. I said, I said, you know, and she goes, we've known for a while. And I was like, oh my gosh. I like, so I start talking about narcissism to her and she's like, yeah, we've, we figured it out a while ago. So I'm like, this is crazy. So I ended up talking. <laughs> Don't you love that validation, man? Yes. When I got out and I got a lot of that validation yes. too. Yeah. This friend tells me about how jealous she used to be, how she used to show up to her husband's work, yelling at other women that she thought might have a relationship with her husband told me how horrible she was to her kids you know and then my next had told me that 
her own family had called DCFS on her, which is, you know, family yeah. services in Utah, yeah. had called family services on how her behavior was with her youngest kid. And so I'm getting all this validation. Oh so God. then I, one night I'm thinking about this woman that we had, I met at a bar who was actually grown up with my next. So I, I remembered her name. I reached out to her on Instagram and I'm like, hey, the night we met, you said that my next was really difficult as a child. Can you elaborate? So she gets back to me. She goes, yeah. She goes, she was so abusive to her sisters. She used to beat the crap out of them, pull their hair, call them fat. And then she was so abusive to her mother while she was dying of cancer. She goes, she was horrible to her mother. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So then the final thing was like, I'm going to call her ex-husband. So I call him up. We talked till four in the morning. So you know, I'm not going to go into all the details. We don't have time. He thought she had multiple personalities. So he told me how abusive she was to the kids, how, how she, how abuse she, she assaulted him numerous times, you know, how she would rack up 30, 40, $50,000 worth of credit card debt, send the invoices to a dad's house. And then when, when the debt got so out of control, she would call or she would come to him and be like, honey, I'm so sorry. I racked up all this credit card debt and he'd have to pay it off. Oh my God. Dad. That must've made you feel so so good, so validated, but also like, fuck, how did I not see it? Exactly. I mean, the validation is just pouring in. So I reach out to her. Oh, no. So one more person. So she told me while we were dating that she'd been in contact with her high school boyfriend. She told me she dated him temporarily before she met, met me because he was divorced. And then while her and I were dating, she told me that her ex, her high school boyfriend had said to her, he got married like halfway through our, our relationship. And she told me that he called her the day before his wedding and said, I will call off my wedding to be with you if you want to be with me. And she's like, no, I love the cop. You know, I, 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 no, I can't do that. So I, I reached out to her high school boyfriend. I'm like, I want to know what he has to say. I asked him about those two stories. He's like, no, we didn't date. He goes, we, we hung out a couple times while, while she was going through her divorce. And then I brought up the marriage thing. And he's like, what? He's like, absolutely not. I didn't say that to her. And I said, well, was she ever abusive to you in high school? He's like, no, she wasn't abusive, but she was cheating on me. He goes, I found out she was, he goes, check this story out. He was like, I found out she was cheating on me with a guy she worked with. He goes, and so I found out I came, we all went to the same high school, actually. He goes, so I walked up to her into the halls at the hall in high school. And he goes, as I got close to her, she looked at me and she covered up her head and she screamed for everyone to hear, don't hit me. Yes. Darvo, Darvo, deny it. Yeah. First victim and offender, dude. And I, I said to this guy, I'm like, dude, she Darvo'd you. And he's like, what? And I explained it to him. Like, oh, dude, she Darvo'd you. Yeah, like, she Darvo'd you. <laughs> he's like, well, he like, that's when I was done with her. He's like, I thought she was crazy. Anyways, I, I, I ended up calling her and I said, I tell her everything I found out. She went from begging me to calling her and messaging her to basically saying, I'm scared for mine and my kids' safety. Leave me alone. You're unhinged. You're crazy. Leave me alone. I said, deal. Okay. Yep. It was like three or four months ago. So in the meantime, her and her fireman, I mean, we both have firemen. Oh, welcome to the club, brother. And John, I've got fireman Brett. So <laughs> please. So she is now engaged to her fireman. So oh, she actually saw, she starts showing up to the gym with her fireman. And the first time I see him, we get in this, we get in this, we'll call it. Does he like you? No, he's, no, he's, I'm like 5'10", you know, I'm, I'm fairly fit. I'm, I'm muscular. This dude's like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Typical fireman, big gut. I'm more, I'm more attractive. Like I, all my girlfriends okay. are like, dude, you're way more attractive. 
so you know, but she starts showing up with Fireman Brett, and or, and so we get in this discussion, and I basically her and her talking, and and I basically she's just being mean to me at the gym. Yeah, and I'm not. T- I'm just sitting there, my arms folded. I'm not trying to get. I'm trying to gray rock basically, and I just look at her and I said, "I am so sorry for what your grandfather did to you." And she looks at me. She goes, "I don't have NPD, Christian," and she storms off. Okay, man. That was a, that was a Monday. Friday of the same week, I'm working out. I'm doing some arm curls, and she comes up behind me and she starts screaming at me, "You're such an effing loser! You're such a loser!" And I just keep looking forward. I'm just doing my arm curls. I'm just ignoring her, right? And her fiance standing right there. I'm like, and I'm thinking, dude, can you not see this? Yeah. Okay. So, but he knows the version of her story. So whatever. Yes, absolutely. So he's like, wow, this guy, he's got it coming to him. Exactly. No, exactly. So my son, my my 19 year old son and his girlfriend have been going to the gym too. So my nets had walked by the girlfriend and had said to her a couple of times, called her a fucking bitch. So that Monday when I talked to my next, I was like, will you please stop calling my son's girlfriend names? And she goes, I'm not. I said, well, if you are, please stop. So that Friday she yelled at me. So Saturday morning, my son and his girlfriend go to the gym again. And apparently they came in. She saw them. She like gives them this sarcastic wave. My son ignores her. Well, within about four or five minutes, my son gets this text message. And it basically says, I think I'm just going to read it verbatim because, you know, it's if I would have called your dumb and then in parentheses, and I do mean dumb girlfriend, a fucking bitch, which she is, believe me, it wouldn't have been subtle. And then she put a kissy face. Okay. So my son ignored her. I told him all about narcissism. I said, don't give her any fuel, ignore her. So he ignores her within five minutes. She comes up to him and his girlfriend and starts screaming and yelling at them at the gym, mm-hmm. calling names, all these things. Okay. So at this point I'd had it. I call, I call our local police department. He's like, and I tell him all about it. I tell him who I am. He's like, dude, you need to get a stalking injunction. Yep. So Monday morning I go down, I get a stalking injunction. They serve her on Wednesday. And so she was pissed. And so and the reason why I know that is because so her attorney called me like a couple of days before court. And he's like, listen, like, I want to hear your side of the story. Why are you? He's like, I've talked to her. She says you're a good guy. He was like, talk. He's like, I'm actually her son's coach. That's how I know her, her football coach. Her son says you're amazing. I just want to know your story. So, so honestly, I spent the next hour telling her attorney all about the abuse, all about what I mm-hmm. knew. Oh, her ex-husband. He's like, oh, he's a great guy. I'm like, yeah, he is. I go, but if you talk to her, he's an abuser. Anyway, so we ended up, I ended up dropping the protection order, but in lieu of she's not allowed to come to my gym anymore. And we wrote up a whole legal contract. She can't contact me or my friends anymore. You know, I mean, I included all the the texts and emails she sent to those women during December, but it was ruining her. It was destroying her her mask. Like she, she could not have this this uh, stocking junction put on her. Anyway, so that's been a couple of months. I've enjoyed two months now of peace and tranquility, and that's why I understand. Dude, dude, so good, so 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 good. There's so much shit that I relate to, and I'm glad that you got that stocking injunction on her because. It seems like she was just relentless. I mean, harassing your kids, harassing your, you know, like extended family with your kids' girlfriends and stuff. And it's like, at what point does she realize all this stuff is just validating what you say? Like how you said she ran away and she goes, I don't have NPD, Christian. Like, what do you mean? And they're incapable of self-reflection. So she's right. never going to change. Right, right. It is sad. Like, I, I mean, I dove into narcissism. I watched all of uh, Jacob's videos. I watched all of Ted. Tessa's videos, 
you know, that's how I, how I discovered you and your podcast was watching wow. Jacob, you know, watching Nameless Narcissist podcast. You know, I, I, Jacob, I met Jacob and Tess in New York City. Great people. Uh, ironically, they're self-aware narcissists, but I've hung out with them. And I will say on the air, like good people because, yeah, they're narcissists, but they're what the mission that they're on is great. So I'm glad I used to walk me through them. No, absolutely. And I, I've, I've reached out to Jacob and Tessa. They emailed and we've corresponded a little bit. And they're, they're great people. So no, but I wanted to help her and I spent months and months trying to help her. I even reached out to her dad and I said, you know, I know she was abusive towards all these people. And he's, and he validated me too. He said, you know what? I, I haven't seen this behavior for, from her for years, but her and I have an extensive history of talking about her being abusive to people. So he validated me as well. Wow. But it's just sad. I didn't want to help her. I wanted her to get better. And I do, like I said, her new fiance slash going to be husband, he's a big dude. And I, I'm like, how is she on earth going to abuse this guy? You know, uh, just, just don't even, if there's any advice that I can give to you is dude, don't pay attention. If this is a TV story, don't pay attention to the TV. No, no, I'm not. The show. If anything, you might want to know about the grand finale when that discard happens. But for right now, like keep your distance, live your life, and no, absolutely, get away from the whole. You don't need to pay attention to every episode of their story. No, 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 I, and I do. I don't go on the social media. I don't. I really don't. But it's just funny. Like I'm expecting a phone call or, or a Facebook message from him some years down the road. You know, <laughs> just like oh, we want Fireman John on this podcast in the worst way, right? No worst way, but it'll come when it comes. Well, listen, Christian, we're coming to the end of the hour. Is there any advice that you would give to people who? are suffering from this and they're going through it and what they can expect on their, on their journey to healing. You know, honestly, um, so I got into therapy and I also been doing, um, EMDR and some, a newer EMDR version called ART. And that's been very beneficial to me. Um, you know, I've, I've surrounded myself with a lot of good people, you know, that have been through, um, narcissistic abuse. I actually started a, a Facebook page for uh, narcissistic abuse for my local area. Uh, I had women reach out to me that I've known for years that got divorced from their husbands and they reached out to me. I had no idea that their husbands were narcissistic. And so I've, I've kind of grown a community here in Utah that way, but just surround yourself with good people. Know that you are, you know, you are validated that it isn't your fault. Um, definitely go into no contact. That's the only way to heal. Mm -hmm. Can't, you know, if, if you have a, a child or children with, with your necks, you know, just go gray rock and just, you know, don't, don't look at their social media. Don't, you know, you, you really go into no contact as much as possible. You know that things do get better. You know, I was in a bad place. You know, I, I know I reached out to you a couple of times when I was in a bad place and you helped me through it, but just know that you're validated and that's, and it's not you and that you'll get through it. You eventually will. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode with us. I, it's so, so much of your stuff uh, res resonates with me. I mean, we don't even have enough time for, a, you know, you to right. your story of me to go through. Your, but like, dude, I totally get exactly where you're coming from. So thanks so much for doing this with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Until next time, everybody.